Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we talk about spiritual growth, which really is a matter of the heart. How can we really measure it? I remember when I was little, with our backs up against the door frame, our shoulders arched, we stood tall while my daddy placed a ruler across the tops of our heads. He scraped the pencil back and forth and he added the date. Look at that, he'd say. You are officially taller than your sister or your brother or your mom, which was easy because mom was only 5'2" and had stopped growing years before. We would clap each other on the back and we would congratulate ourselves for something that we had nothing to do with. And we asked for another piece of cake. Who's tallest had more to do with DNA than if we took our vitamins or ate more cake. Growing happened to us, not because of us. Pencil marks and dates faded with time and new paint. I was a little sad when I heard that all the measurements had been painted off the wall. No longer did we measure. No longer did it matter. We were all grown up, we thought. What does matter is my spiritual growth. And your spiritual growth matters as well. It's really the main goal worth pursuing. God tells me to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which I have been called. That's in Ephesians 1. God had maturity in mind when he created us. God loves us as we are, but too much to let us stay here. Now, spiritual growth is a matter of the heart, but can a heart be measured? I'm not sure. I am sure I never want to stop growing. I made a short list of three things to keep me on track for spiritual growth. And I don't mind that I never get to cross them off like a daily to-do list. I do like to cross things off my daily to-do list. But these things, three things I'll never cross off because they are things that I need to keep doing on a regular basis. I don't expect to reach a plateau and think I am now all grown up. I am completely like Jesus. I have nowhere else to go. I have made it to the top. That's not until we see Jesus, and we won't be thinking about ourselves at that point anyway. I'll share these three things in just a minute. Now, I can fool others with spirituality, and you can as well, but I can't fool God. God doesn't care about how many times I've cooked a meal for a neighbor or given money to a missionary if I do it for credit, for credit in the good girl box. Jesus warned in Matthew 6, 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Did you catch that motive thing right there, in order to be seen by them? Good deeds are good. Yes, I still need to make those meals for my friends or for my strange, the strangers who are my neighbors. I still need to do those things and give to people. Good deeds are good, but not at the expense of my heart, where I'm hoping people see that I'm doing these things. God measures a worthy life from the inside out. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, he reminds us, do not 
look on his appearance, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. That's always convicting to me. A while back, I was licking a wound, so to speak, that a friend had inflicted on me. I'm so glad I didn't react, I thought to myself, and say something back in anger. After all, I was grown up now. I knew how to behave. But she had hurt me, and she was my friend. After licking a little bit longer, I know I was driving the van, so this is a while ago when we had a van. I was driving up Tank Farm Road, and I was quietly commending my own maturity level. (laughs) God saw that too. And I did the next spiritual thing. I prayed, Lord, show me what to say to her next time I see her. It would be tricky. She was my friend and she hurt me. You know, it's easier to be hurt by a stranger because you never have to deal with it. You'll never see them again or you can make sure you don't. But when it's a family member, a close family member or a close friend, We need to deal with it, or it'll just come back to bite us. I thought of a few different approaches while I was commending myself, and I was waiting for God's answer to my prayer, because I had asked Him, Lord, how how do I respond to her? But while I was waiting for His answer, I visualized her, uh, my answers, or what I would do, or what she would do. And she, I visualized her saying to me, Oh, Sue, I see I was so wrong that I hurt you, and I'm so sorry. But after a few minutes, by this time I was on Broad Street, God answered my prayer, and it wasn't what I was expecting at all. He reminded me that I, too, was guilty of the same behavior. That was eye-opening. And not only that, I was self-righteous in that behavior, thus I'd never repented. God guided me into a... A boundary in Matthew 7, judge not that you not be judged. And another one in Romans 12, outdo one another in showing honor. That's a good one. As well as the overarching, love bears all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. You know, when you hear that at a wedding, the whole uh, love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, you you look at the, the glowing couple and you think, boy, they have no idea that love bears all things that's okay, they'll learn it. God's answer wasn't what I was expecting, but it was what I needed. Rules might actually be easier to follow, but rule keeping doesn't take a relationship, it just takes a list. God wants a relationship. My heart needed attention. God wanted me to love others like he loved me. It's much easier to check points off for good behavior than to face internal issues like worry. Did you know that was a sin? Pride. We know that was a sin. And grieving the spirit, which makes me sad. I can keep my distance from God with a pencil and a list. But distance isn't what I was made for, and it's not what you were made for. You and I were created for intimacy with God. I heard someone say recently that she was very spiritual, And we needed to have a a longer and bigger conversation because I needed to know, what do you mean by that? Are you intimate with God? I love Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Wow, that is an intimate prayer to God. 
In college, I prayed, Lord, help me to know you better. Now I pray, Lord, help me to love you better. Knowing is good. Loving is even better. John Orbrook wrote this, God relentlessly pursues me because all he's ever wanted is to be with me and to be with you. When I understand this pursuit of God for me, I feel loved. And I want to love him the same way and share that love with others. I wasn't sure I was supposed to marry my husband. Three years of not being sure. One evening on a long walk, he took my face in his hands and he said these magic words. Sue, you never have to do anything else or be anything more than what you are right now for me to love you more. Wow. Mark loved me as is. It's kind of like when you find something in the at TJ Maxx and it's missing a button or it has a little tear somewhere. And it says, this is on sale as is. This is what you'll get when you buy it. No returns. Mark was saying he loved me as is. He pursued me. Just like Christ pursued and loved you and me. It was time to say yes to Mark, and I did. Growing in my relationship with God is based on his pursuit of me, not my pursuit of him. That's why we can breathe a sigh of relief. Religion is our attempt to find God. Our faith is God pursuing us. Such a relief. God wanted me, so he created me. He pursued me, so he died for me. And no matter how slow my spiritual growth, he won't give up on me or on you. Isn't that a relief too? Now, how do I measure my spiritual growth? I think it's by my response to his love. How do I grow more in love with him? By responding to his word. John 15, read that whole chapter. It's so great. But listen to these two verses. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is Jesus talking. Abide in my love. You see how that's relationship, not rules. But then he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So it's all mixed together. We want to keep his commandments because they're for our good. And it shows him how much we love him. He goes on, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus was our model for obedience and for love. It sounds simple, love as Christ loved, obey as he obeyed his Father. Simple, but not easy. And sometimes I take the long way around. Spiritual maturity can't be rushed, much like a child learning to walk. It's a beautiful book called Growing Slow by Jennifer Dukes Lee. That's a good one. Forcing baby steps doesn't hurry the process. God took the children of Israel the long way around. He had his reasons. He wanted to see how much they trusted him. You might feel like you're in a wilderness situation right now where God is taking you the long way around. Why does he do that? When I'm in the wilderness, I want to pass that test to trust him no matter what. The fact is, he's leading us. He's got us by the hand. So it doesn't matter that it's taking longer than we would like because we're with him. Trusting God in the dark is spiritual growth. 
Obeying God in the wilderness is a matter of the heart. I want to please him. I need to stay on the road. I want to keep my hand in his. These three things help keep me there. First, to keep short accounts. Second, to keep a long memory. And the last is to keep a quiet habit. Let me explain a bit. When I'm tempted to ignore my sin, which is usually against another person, I need to keep short accounts. If I sin against a friend or um, a family member or even a stranger, it's ultimately a sin against God, and I move backward rather than forward in my relationship with God. I'm shrinking on that list where my dad would be penciling the mark. When I hurt someone, I need to fix it before it gets worse. Not just a quick, I'm so sorry, because we're embarrassed that we got caught. More like, I was wrong. Please forgive me. I had to do that on the first day of our vacation two weeks ago, where I hurt someone in my family. I was wrong. Please forgive me. David wrote, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise, Psalm 51. I don't like those feelings of brokenness and contrition. But I've learned that repentance is God's precious gift to me, and it's for you as well. Go there as soon as possible. That's what I mean by a short account. I'm never so close to my Father as when admitting my guilt and receiving forgiveness. I mean my Heavenly Father. I don't want to prolong the pain, prolong the time to make things right. Keeping short accounts with God and with others helps me to grow up in Him. If you have a question about that, feel free to email me, sue at welcomeheart.com. Secondly, keep a long memory. I hosted a God is Faithful party for 30 friends. Everyone brought an object that reminded them of a time that God was faithful to them. People stood one by one and shared their stories, holding aloft a watch, a candle, a wedding veil, recalling the faithfulness of a God who could be trusted. Never forget Bob Marshall standing up when it was his turn, and he held his watch, and he said, you know, we were told um, five years ago or ten years ago that June, his wife, would only live for the next five years, and here it was ten years later. So God had given them an extra five years together. That was him showing the watch that God was in charge of giving him more time with his wife. God was faithful. By the way, this list of uh, 25 theme gathering ideas, this uh, party idea was is in that list. So if you want a list of all the gathering ideas, I'll put the link in show notes. Um, I'm giving that away this month. This... Um, this whole idea of keeping a long memory, remembering the faithfulness of God, helps me grow up spiritually. It will you as well. You don't have to have a party. You just have to remember what he's done. Helps to have a party, though. I trust God as long as my memory. Never forget that. You will trust God as long as your memory. My memory gets shorter all the time. I just turned 70. So I keep things written down. It's a memory log of sorts. It's actually a thankful list. And I jot in the margins of books and in my Bible, and I put the date, just like my dad did, to measure my growth. Only this time I'm measuring how God helped me in the past. 
so that I will have faith and trust and peace that he will do it again in the future. I light a scented candle or I water a special plant. Those are my memorial stones. And I say, thank you, Father. You helped me in the past. What you did then, you will do again. Thanks be to God. Keeping a long memory helps me to grow up in Him. And the last one is to keep a quiet habit. You know that wonderful story? It's kind of a sad story in some respects. Jesus is chiding Martha. And he was scolding her that her sister Mary had chosen best by sitting instead of serving, sitting at his feet. He said to Martha, you're worried about so many things. This is in Luke 10, if you want to look it up. I relate to Martha. I like the kitchen. I don't mind serving a crowd. It give, makes my heart happy. But I get reminded, I would say, convicted, pulled up every time I read this story. In the um, Amplified Version, Jesus says it this way, Martha, Martha, you can hear love in his voice too. You are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Mary had the advantage. We all want the advantage. We look for the advantage for our kids, for our husbands, for ourselves. But Mary had the advantage. Why? Because she was taking time to listen to Jesus. She chose that. No one made her do that. She chose it, and I can too. Sitting at Jesus' feet, what does that mean to you? Maybe spending a few moments every day reading Scripture, giving your day over to Him, allowing him to do what he needs to do. Heart surgery in my heart. Sitting at Jesus' feet gives me perspective on my day, which often includes worrying things. Like Jesus said, you are worried about so many things. Now, I have three daughters, you might know that. And there's plenty to worry about, just ask them. God is more interested in my sitting before him than my serving for him because that's where the heart work begins. Keeping a quiet habit is to my advantage, and it's to your advantage. It helps us to grow up in Him. In closing, Oswald Chambers said this, The Sermon on the Mount is not a set of rules and regulations. It is a statement of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is getting His way with us. Isn't that beautiful? I want the Holy Spirit to get His way with me. It's to my advantage. Some days I feel like I haven't moved an inch closer to the person God imagined me to be. I need a heart check. And I need to remember to keep short accounts, to keep a long memory, and keep a quiet habit. When I do, I am more likely to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way with me. It is a goal worth pursuing. His way begins in the heart. Have a great day. Until next time, think about your legacy the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.